How are integration companies operating remotely during the COVID-19 outbreak and stay-at-home orders? What are they doing to keep their staff and customers safe as they travel to work on site? What challenges are industrial professionals overcoming during these unprecedented times, and what can we all learn from this experience? In this episode, we remind ourselves that we can get through this together. This is Inductive Conversations, with Justin Reese speaking with our guests, John Rankin and Eric Meyer, Premier Integrators from DSI Innovations. Hello and welcome to Inductive Conversations. My name is Justin Reese. I'm the Integrator Program Manager here at Inductive Automation, and we're here today with John Rankin and Eric Meyer from DSI Innovations. John, Eric, thanks for joining us today. Sure, glad to be here. Appreciate it, Justin. All right, how are you two doing in these wild times? Going a little stir crazy, but um, doing well and staying healthy. And everyone in my family is healthy. So I'm, I'm, and everyone at DSI, as far as I can tell, is healthy. So uh, we're we're thanking the good Lord for that. Yeah, it's um, it's tough for some of us. Remote working is very new and very different. I know for uh, our sales manager Eric, you know. Who likes to be around people? This is a this is a pretty tough tough gig for him. We hear that from other salespeople also. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, inductive automation is also pretty much working all remotely. It's about 150 employees, so we're getting to know each other's uh, families and cats and dogs a little bit better than we ever thought we would. So, <laughs> um, so you guys are are one of the most recent premier integrators we have, um, DSI Innovations, and I just kind of wanted to touch base with you on that on kind of you know what that means to you and a little bit about your newly found premier status. Sure, um, we're excited to be here and to be part of the the inductive team. We committed to the ignition products uh, a few years ago and uh, committed to getting people trained. Um, and we use it because it, it works for us. Our customers like it. We like it when we're designing and implementing. The model for pricing is solid. It allows us to grow systems uh, easily without having a, a significant you know, hardware software cost. So um, we're thrilled and uh, look forward to the extended relationship. Yeah, same on this side. Yeah, and I'll tell you that, you know, from a sales standpoint, being a premier integrator is very valuable when you're being evaluated. Uh, even when we were in the interim phase and being considered, I still used that data and those communications we had back and forth to just let people know, you know, how embedded we are with inducted automation. We've done, I think it adds up to about 25 different projects and work with a, a number of the modules and perspective. And so I think we're pretty well-versed well and I think it's like nine people that are trained. Maybe it's 12, I don't know, but it's something that's growing within the organization and we're gonna keep it growing. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, from our end, it is extremely important to, for the engineers to be you know, trained and get the knowledge transfer of exactly what the platform can do. So, and DSI definitely is, has made that a priority and, that's much appreciated. So John and Eric, can you uh, explain what you guys do exactly at DSI? Well, like most integrators, everyone does everything. Where I'm uh, focused though are, are kind of two fronts. One is opening and, and uh, growing an office in uh, central North Carolina, the Raleigh area, RTP uh, area, uh, but also focus on operations, uh, resource planning, branches, uh, project assignment, project management processes, project execution processes, uh, 
taking everything that we're doing at DSI and trying to get it uh, some systems and really streamline how we perform. Great. And Eric, did you want to, yeah, go ahead and touch on your role. I'm, I'm kind of the director of uh, business development is, is my title. There is uh, a number of us that contribute to the sales process and I manage that. There is a dedicated salesperson in Florida, but I have been doing this in control system integration for longer than I'm going to state on this podcast. But throughout the Southeast, I have a lot of contacts, a lot of people uh, that have worked with in the past on projects. Um, DSI has a great reputation, so it's an easy thing to to sell and promote. And we've been very successful. And, you know, we're clipping down orders in this environment. And that's that's proof that we're delivering for our customers. That's great. So I just want to kind of touch base. How are you guys dealing with uh, your staffing issues? And I mean, we have this whole working remotely thing going. How are you guys adapting to it? You know, you asked that question and, and all of a sudden it occurred to me that, you know, we, we've got 40 people working from home. You know, there's probably five to 10 still in offices doing service work, but those 40 people, we've had very little issues working remotely. And um, I got to remind my IT guy, give him props because uh, VPN access, whether it's from a remote office or whether it's from a remote home, has really been solid for us. Uh, everything's always on the server. Uh, so that's an easy transition anyway. Really, it's just uh, staying, you know, sane. Eric can talk about trying to figure out how to sell, you know, without being face to face. The only people really in the office are panel shop guys and service techs, uh, and uh, they're they're practicing social distancing and keeping clean. Uh, so that part's going really well for us. Thank goodness. Yeah, we're doing a lot of uh, sales meetings remotely, and you know, we struggle with technical difficulties. People get new versions of. Teams or circuit or whatever they're using, and they're using it more and more, and they're putting more and more people on it. So it, it there there are some technical challenges that have occurred in in March and now here in early April, but I think that will line out over the next two to three weeks, and people will get their uh, systems down, and those those meetings will go much more smoothly. It's not like meeting face to face, but it's what we can do and you do the best you can with what you have in this environment. I know that DSI services many different industries and areas around the US. Can you tell us a little bit about which industries and areas you work you work within uh, the United States? Yeah, I answer that always um, a little differently. We don't really focus on a specific industry. We focus more on on the concept of controls uh, around discrete manufacturers controls around batch and pro, uh, continuous processes, and then automating data systems. And those three things uh, happen in, in almost every industry. Uh, so we do a lot of work in chemical, pulp and paper, uh, food and beverage, pharmaceutical, life sciences, aggregates and mining, automotive, transportation, do a lot of work in a lot of industries. But Really, we focus on being experts at automation and controls, integration of hardware systems, integration of software systems, and then project execution. Yeah, and I would add to that, we're, we've got a lot of talent in coordinated drive systems for web applications and machine control and servo, as well as you know MES applications and our product of choice is uh, Ignition. And it seems to be the 
easiest, quickest to roll out, gives the right visualization that our customers want. They appreciate the pricing model. So um, we've, we've done a lot with the MES modules within Ignition and the other products that Inductive offers. And how have you seen, you know, with the recent stay-at-home orders with the COVID-19 thing going on, um, what areas and industries have you seen the most impacted? Or are you seeing some that are less impacted? Like, what's it look like from your viewpoint? I think, um, you know, some customers are ramping up, actually. And it's not clear if they're ramping up because of demand or if they're ramping up because they're worried about being shut down in the future. Almost all of our customers have sent us letters saying they're essential manufacturers. They want us to have those letters because they want us to be able to service them if needed or continue our projects with them if needed. We've had one customer who ran out of raw material and so therefore had to shut down. And and what they've done instead is pull up some uh, upgrade projects and uh, pull those ahead. Um, They've had to jump. We've had to jump through some hoops to try to get people staffed for those. But for the most part, everyone we talk to on projects, uh, they're moving forward. Unless it's a kind of project that involved a big startup or an installation where there'd be, you know, 10, 50, 20, 100 people doing an install, those projects have pushed out. But other clients, um, they're talking about work and and planning to do work. Uh, We are seeing proposal activity go down, though. And so we know in the future, uh, work for us is going to slow down unless we can pull in some short-term quick hits uh, in the next two months. Yes, certainly uh, in our customer base. I haven't heard of anyone that is classified non-essential when you're talking about food, pharmaceutical, automotive, chemical. um, Those things are all part of the um, nation's infrastructure, and the government does define them as essential. What what you are seeing here near term is, okay, wait a minute. We're going to just take the month of April and, and not have contractors come on site and just just have regular employees and have them tested. And, you know, there's a little bit of on hold and I don't know how that's going to last, but many projects are still moving forward. They're just getting delayed a bit. And everyone's just kind of in a position of uncertainty, uh, but they are uniformly reducing actual physical traffic onto their site, which is the appropriate thing to do right now. So it's more conference calls and more things remotely and getting proposals out and um, dealing with customers' technical issues remotely. And then if uh, they're essential and deemed needed on site, we have a screening process for all our employees and we make sure everyone that does go on site is clearly free of any symptoms that may be associated with the virus. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I mean, I am curious to find out um, the different things that, you know, the integrators are doing to adjust and you know, kind of what are some of the best practices going forward? I know there's a little bit of um, uncertainty in the next couple of months. How are things going to go? Like you mentioned, there's there's less um, proposals. Yeah, they're just unsure whether they want to execute a project or not. Uh, and it's not across the board. Some are pulling forward and um, and doing work more quickly. Right. But large, big capital projects, there's a little bit of a pause. And don't forget, you know, COVID-19 is is one big uncertainty. But this is an election year. And election years always have some uncertainty about them. You know, is the next president going to be pro-business or less pro-business? And uh, that can drive or affect capital projects also. So we were starting to see that before, you know, COVID even hit us. Yeah, that's a great point. 
Um, and you guys, from your side of things, I know that you guys have been very proactive in terms of you have a risk mitigation strategy. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, Eric, Eric alluded to one of the main things, and that is um, just keeping uh, track of our, our employees. And we have a, a requirement for each employee. That they update us on their symptoms and if they've traveled uh, anywhere. And the reason is the customers are asking for that. And uh, they you will use that to decide if they want us to come on site. And, and customers are looking at, well, I, I have to have you here for this thing. I'd like to have you here for this thing, or um, I don't want to have you here for this thing. So that they try to use those tools to decide, do, do we have to absolutely be there? One of the other things that, you know, it's not necessarily up to us, but we try to request of our customers is, can we have an office area or a dedicated space uh, where we can work so that, that the customer doesn't come into? And at the same time, are there places at the customer site where we shouldn't go into? You know, normally you'd want full access to everything, but in today's climate, you know, we don't have to have full access, so let's limit it where we can. And, uh, and that's working pretty well, uh, too. Right. And certainly there are a number of fairly new communication devices that are low cost that we can apply in certain work areas and view remotely and do much more remotely than you could five years ago. So uh, those tools are helping us and they're, they're going to be very popular here over the next year. Right. You know, we, we certainly have talked about um, having more competitive rates too, um, you know, especially for a customer who's been directly affected by uh, COVID-19. But even just in general, you know, we're doing everything we can to uh, get through this together as a team. And uh, if we see a slowdown, we're, we're going to do everything we can to keep our costs minimized and keep our team together. Damien and Jason, the owners of DSI, they clearly know who, who makes this company successful, and it's, it's all the employees. So they're committed to sacrificing what they need to, whether it's salary, whether it's uh, profits uh, for the company, uh, they're committed to keeping us all together. And, and every email that we get as an update ends with, uh, we'll get through this together. And uh, it's, it's a pretty powerful message. And frankly, it's an awesome uh, feeling to be part of that kind of company. I concur. Yeah, that is great. Yeah, it's a similar, that's kind of a similar thing I'm noticing with a lot of different integrators and, and over at Inductive Automation as well. It's like, we're kind of using it to come together more as a team. And, and that's kind of the, what I'm hearing from a, a lot of other businesses as well. Yeah. So that's awesome. It's, it's kind of a, a belt tightening mode. Yeah. But that's, that's what you have to do. Right. You know, in these times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And who knows, we're going to probably pick up some operating basis that will help us going forward when this thing's all over that will be successful that we can use. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Is there any more you guys want to talk about the uh, risk mitigation plan or? I think that's pretty much covered. I mean, we, we did send it to you. We sent it to all our customers. Of course, every employee has been required to read it. It talks about best practices associated with, you know, avoiding contracting the virus, of course, but also the testing program. So uh, and it, it's, it's a good document. It's a good guideline. And everyone understands it and believes in it. Perfect. You know, it's real easy to get uh, confused about what you're trying to do. For example, do you wear a mask? Are, are you trying to protect yourself? You're trying to protect the people you're talking to. And uh, we talk about that, too, in terms of risk mitigation. This isn't just about keeping our employees safe. It's about not transmitting the disease and keeping our customers safe and, and the entire country safe, for that matter. So we really try to recognize that protecting 
ourselves from this virus directly means protecting others as well. Right. And that's a good point. That brings me to a, a question that I had for you as well, because I noticed on your website, on the pop of it said you still are approved to travel. How are you dealing with you know, traveling from place to place and still kind of keeping everybody safe and, and secure? Yeah. So um, we're allowed to travel. Uh, we all have a, a letter. Some of our customers have sent us letters saying that we're allowed to travel. Um, you know, the airlines are still flying wherever people want to go, certainly at least within the states. We haven't restricted travel if our customers need us, uh, but we absolutely push for remote meetings as much as we can. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. How's that affecting the sales area too? Are you do you guys do much traveling for uh, to do sales, or is that pretty much remote anyways? Ab- absolutely. I mean, this is a face-to-face business. Obviously, there's marketing and email campaigns and website interaction, and all that's great. But you know, to close a deal and system integration. You need to be with the customer. You need to have the technical resources available in those meetings to instill comp, particularly with a new account, right? You know, they're they're trying to figure out if you're a right fit, if you're a good partner. And so from a sales standpoint, to do that remotely it is more difficult. And the gestation cycle will stretch out some just for people to get comfortable with it rather than... You go to a meeting and and it's a two-hour meeting and you're there for five hours because they're so interested in the technical discussion that you're putting forth. Yeah, it's impacting it, but we'll deal with it. Yep, we're all adjusting for sure. You guys went over that. Is there any other major hurdles that DSI is still trying to overcome at this time and any success stories that come with that? I I can talk about a success story. Well, I don't know about a success story. one one thing we've had to do and change is um, or just adapt to is these new requirements. So I kind of mentioned the idea that we, we look for segregated spaces where we can work on site. Well, one customer said, uh, yeah, absolutely no problem. But in fact, um, the place you're going to be doesn't have access to a restroom, or at least we don't want you to access the restroom. So uh, they said, include a, a porta potty in your in your price. And uh, so that's what we'll do, right? That's not a typical automation uh, deliverable, uh, but it is on this job. That's interesting. And in, in, in many times we're asked to manage turnkey scope during a shutdown. So that means we're allied with a electrical contractor of some type. He's installing panels or putting in instrumentation. And, um, you know, a safe distance must be maintained in good segregation. And uh, certainly the portal thing is a mandatory requirement. So uh, it's just something we we manage and add to the safety aspect of the project. There's always a huge safety impact whenever you're going out into uh, a plant and putting in a control system. And uh, this is just another aspect that you seriously have to adapt in your daily safety meetings. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. And I'm curious to know, are you guys hiring? Well, we hired a number of people right before this scare happened in January and early February. So, so we launched and some senior people, which um, which is really helping. They're doing a great job. And then we're we're kind of a little bit like some of these plants, probably a little bit on hold unless the right person comes up and is available and offers a particular value. It's not as though we're not hiring. Yeah, you know, fortunately, we've got a strong backlog, probably uh, 70 days of work for everybody, 70 man days. And and that's been great. Uh, we actually had our best performing first quarter uh, this year in the history of our company. 
but it's going to be followed up probably by one of the worst uh, quarters in in the, in the history of the company. So it's it's an interesting uh, scenario. We uh, are issuing fewer proposals, so we know revenue will follow. So yeah, we're we're on a hiring freeze right now. That can turn around. You know, it's interesting to think about how things will turn around. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, the, the the virus is one issue. The election year is a, is a second issue. And uh, we'll just have to see how companies start reacting uh, coming out of this thing. Yeah, that makes me curious. You spoke about an election year. Um, did you? What did you notice four years ago when that was an election year? How did that affect you guys? Yeah, so you know that was a very pro-business uh, result to the election. Uh, so there was a lot more spending. Uh, money was a lot more available. The climate of what's going to happen to um, EPA requirements and things like that, uh, it was expected that they were not going to be increased and therefore a lot more capital spending happened. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I was at a conference, an automation conference. I don't need to mention the company's name, but the the industry leader in North America. And there was a lot of toasting at the end of the result um, during that conference. And so, uh, and we saw some positive impacts. But Certainly the months before there was uncertainty. There was a little bit of holdback at various, you know, sites. So you, you, you just have to adapt to that as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, great. Do you guys have any advice for the integration community listening in on any of this? It'd be the same advice I'd give our own company. You know, this is an excellent learning opportunity for how to work remote, how to sell remote. It's got uh, challenges to it and it's got benefits to it. And if we can capitalize on that, you know, if we can learn how to bring in a new client remotely, that can extend our reach into other areas around the world uh, in, and keep our costs uh, very effective. That's not going to be easy, and, uh, but, but that's what I would encourage any integrator to do. All the things that are hard right now, as you figure out how to do them, don't forget them when this is all over. Uh, capitalize on them and, and utilize them in the future. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think that, you know, in this business, it's, it's all about your people. So take care of your people, value them and uh, get through it together. Yeah. And they'll remember you. They'll remember you in this time mm-hmm. if you were there for them. That's great advice. And then moving forward into the future, um, you know, any actions or plans in place in case the shutdowns continue longer than anticipated? When we can rem- work remotely effectively, it's going to be positive going forward. So. Uh, you know, I look forward, I hear from half my guys, you know, these things I'm doing at home are extremely productive. Uh, in fact, I need more work because I've gotten more done than I expected. And then I hear, I just can't get these things done as well because I need to be sitting next to the five of us need to be sitting together in a room. So I think both things happen. And I think, you know, I think we'll benefit from that learning going forward. Right. How about you, Eric? Well, I, you know, certainly in this environment, people are not working nine to five, nine to six p.m. They're working all kinds of crazy hours because they get up, they're working remote, they're at home. They're like, I got this on my mind. I got that on my mind. I'm all set up. I'm going to work. And, you know, we're getting emails at 3.30 a.m. and 5 a.m. And so, you know, there is ways to be uh, productive and, you know, utilize your time uh, and manage it effectively. Right, right. Great. Thank you. And then any additional stories you guys would like to share, either personal anecdotes with the shutdowns or ones from uh, your engineers out in the field? 
Yeah, for me, I would say um, the precautions we're taking for COVID-19 are, are, are most are physical, really, right? Um, and, and so if you, if you run through those in your head, it's, hmm, do I want to wear gloves because I don't want to touch something someone else has touched and, and keep six feet away or maybe even 10 feet away. And, and then we got these stay-at-home orders. You almost feel guilty going outside or going to the grocery store to pick up things you need. And uh, I find myself, you, you get into this mode of avoiding people. And uh, to me, it's just an awful feeling. So even though we have to stay physically apart, I, I wish all of us could remember, and, and I'm, I'm talking about myself mainly, is we don't have to be apart emotionally. We can smile at people. We can make eye contact. Um, we can find other ways to show that we're all still human. We're all still people here. And just because we need to stay apart and that that's important, no more hugs, no more handshakes. But I care about you. You care about me. We're still a, a people. And uh, if we lose that, or that's my fear, is that we'll lose some of that and uh, and become a more cold society. So that'd be my my personal takeaway from part of all of this is we all need to find ways to still share those positive emotions and friendliness and happiness of seeing others. That's good. Yeah, that's great. That's great, John. Some other successes, you know, our longer term repeat business customers are still being loyal. They're giving us purchase orders. They're asking us to minimize, absolutely minimize the people that that need to come on site, but they realize it is essential. And uh, they've been loyal to us. and, And we've clipped down a lot of purchase orders from those you know, longer term repeat customers and they want us to keep things moving at their plant sites. It's just we have to take special care at how we execute from a safety aspect. Right. So we're going to get into your employees a little bit here, guys. What would you two like to say to your staff, coworkers, customers, you know, having been working through this pandemic? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, um, the support from our employees um, has really been tremendous. It's sincerely appreciated. you know, we've, we've had to trim some benefits. Uh, we've talked about uh, sacrificing pay, pay cuts, that kind of thing. Our goal is to come through this together. And that's what Jason and Damien, that's what they're going to make happen. And so to all of the DSI employees, um, I know they, they are very thankful for everyone here. They sincerely appreciate the sacrifices that everyone's making. Appreciate everyone learning how to be efficient in these new environments and these new times and uh, all the support I know that Jason and Damien have, have heard uh, from, from everyone's it's meant a lot to them and it, it makes them only want to work harder to, to keep us strong and, and healthy coming out of this and whole. Great. Anything to add to that, Eric? That sums it up. Good job. Good comment. To customers, you know, I'd say we're here for you um, and, and we need you. Uh, this country needs us DSI to be busy and productive and working. This country needs our customers to be busy, productive and working. So anything you can do to keep pushing your business forward, you know, yeah, it's self-serving for me to ask for purchase orders, but I think that's exactly what drives this country is all of our businesses working together, earning uh, money, earning profit and uh, making ourselves more efficient with automation, uh, taking advantages of all those tools making them competitive advantages for our customers. So active projects, we're on track. Uh, everyone's uh, still productive and, and 
we're keeping projects on schedule, so that that's there. Um, we've adjusted to keep our people working safely, uh, safely for them and safely for you uh, as our customers. And um, some customers are, are doing upgrades now because they have some downtime because their production is being affected. Uh, others are, are um, ramping up production and that's breaking equipment, so they have more service calls. We're here, we're available. We are being aggressive on rates. Uh, we want the work. We need your work, and uh, we're going to do everything we can to earn it. So, so please call us, and uh, if we can do anything, we'll help. Great. Anything to add to that, Eric? There's a lot of capability. There's a lot of experience within uh, DSI. There's a good, um, sizable staff, and everything from MES to drives to PLCs and HMI, even DCS systems. There's a ton of talent within DSI and uh, we're dedicated to our customers and our you know group of repeat business clients that are being loyal to us now and this time is pure evidence of that so we will continue forward in that vein awesome thanks Eric right and then I'm curious on your website it says you guys do taco Tuesdays <laughs> <laughs> how's that going in this thing are the employees still doing that remotely and uh, you know virtual tacos or what are we looking at yeah, they're virtual tacos, uh, and they taste about as good as a virtual taco would. <laughs> uh, we, uh, who, who knows uh, what people are having uh, uh, for Taco Tuesday, but but that is uh, something we're not supporting anymore right now. Uh, so, well, I tell you what, I'm supporting the uh, takeout community. Yep, I, I'm making it a, a point for all these restaurants around here that are closed to. Uh, probably 50% of our meals have been takeout for my wife and I. Do what we can to stimulate, you know, various industries that are really impacted by this. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Got to keep them going. We have uh, at Inductive Automation, we have Bagel Fridays. So even though we're not eating bagels together, we're still posting pictures of our bagels on Slack. So nice. yeah, so there you go. Good. Well, anything else you guys you'd like to discuss? It could be about... COVID-19, DSI, ignition, inductive automation, anything you guys want to say? I would say, you know, we've had great success with ignition and uh, we're really looking for inductive to continue marketing and promoting and, and generating more interest in ignition because that helps us put inductive automation product into the customer's hands. We, it's a flexible product or family of products. Uh, it's very capable. It's very cost effective. And we can integrate it. We can be successful with it. And uh, our biggest challenge probably uh, in that regard is just getting customers interested in the product. And that's where Inductive comes in. You know, your marketing efforts, your sales efforts, that's going to make a huge difference. You've got us convinced. We know the product's good uh, and you work very well with us. Uh, what we need, what we're looking for is Inductive to really continue to to saturate the market and grow the interest from the customers and then we'll answer their call and, and put it in their plan. Yeah, we'll say that you've been very loyal to the integrator community. We've gotten hands down. I haven't been a DSI a long time, but we've gotten a number of leads directly due to inductive marketing and inductive people recommending us directly and they've resulted in projects. So we appreciate that loyalty and assistance in the sales process. Uh, for DSI innovations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that goes both ways. Obviously, we're very happy to work with DSI and, you know, promote you as premier integrators. And, uh, you know, it's just as our CEO, Steve said, he was an integrator and we are very committed to the integration community. So 
definitely appreciate that and appreciate uh, you guys being on today and and working with us and I'm looking forward to continuing the relationship and continuing to promote DSI and all the rest of our integrators. Thank you so much, Justin. Thanks, Justin. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. We've, we've enjoyed this. Yeah, same here. Same on our side. Hey, listeners. This is a quick reminder to subscribe to our podcast if you're enjoying the conversations. Also, if you have a topic or a question you'd like us to cover, or if you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, then please send your inquiries to podcast at inductiveautomation.com.